This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Dana-Farber scientists laid the foundation for CDK4-6 inhibitors, new drugs that are increasing the survival rate for many advanced breast cancers. Learn more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Yaritza Martinez wrote her first song about heartbreak at 14. And like many people her age, she uploaded that song to TikTok. But unlike most people her age, her song blew up. And it was old school. Musica Mexicana. Yaritza y su esencia pierden más de 5 millones de seguidores. Three nominations. That's why Yaritza like. Millions of young Latinos streamed her music and sang along. Soon, she and two of her older brothers formed a band. We're on stage together. We're making a connection with the crowd. And after that, Yaritza y su esencia were recording their own version of a style called Sierreño. Perfect for wearing your heart on your sleeve. It's never going to be out of style, being heartbroken. There's some more never. Their music really found an audience, one that grew fast. And the band was offered a record deal. They performed with bands that a few years before they had looked up to as heroes. Collecting a Latin Grammy nomination and playing in front of larger and larger audiences. Yaritza y su esencia was connecting with fans. But along the way, things got complicated. I'm not disrespectful. I just don't respect people that don't respect me. In a way that says a lot about how audiences in different places feel about this music, Regional Mexicana, and the artists who are making it. Yeah, no, they're named Yoritza and their essence now. As it crosses borders all over the world. How could you look and sound so paisa, but at the same time not be paisa? From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. And I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Let the chisme begin. You know, Ana, the thing about this music, regional Mexican music, it's all about the unbridled passion. And for me, you know, it really hits home when it comes to a voice that can reveal the kind of emotions that we'd rather keep inside. Felix, when Yaritza Martinez sings, she lays it all out there. Channeling the emotion and alma of generations before her, the power in her delivery of pain and heartbreak makes the authenticity, the honesty, undeniable. The Sierraño music the band plays comes from the word Sierra, so quite literally, music of the mountain range. And the Martinez siblings did, in fact, grow up in the shadow of a mountain range. Just not the one you'd immediately think to associate with Sierreño. That's Mount Rainier. That's Mount Rainier, and then there's another one that's over there, and that's Mount St. Helens. I don't even know my mountain. 
So we're going to take you there, to the Yakima Valley just beneath the Cascade Mountains, where these siblings grew up, meeting the land that inspired their version of Sierreño. We spent time with them in Yakima, Washington, D.C., and Mexico as they dealt with the highs and the lows of a very tumultuous summer. We sat with the siblings through laughs, tears, and lots of goofy family moments, offering a snapshot of a band, really of a family, battling all the challenges that come from being honest and upfront about who they are on a stage bigger than most teenagers ever have to deal with. Yakima sits near the center of Washington State. It's nice. It's peaceful. It's very peaceful. This is like our relaxing place. It seems like it's, it's like there's a buffer. Yeah. Between <laughs> the rest of the world and Yakima. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's so quiet over here, too. It's surrounded by rolling brown hills. And to be honest, it reminds me a bit of certain parts of the Central Valley and the Central Coast of California, where I grew up visiting family. Around 1930, Mexican farm workers started to arrive here in large numbers to work in the fields during the Great Depression. And it has continued for almost 100 years. Yakima Valley gets over 300 days of sunshine each year and grows over half of the country's apples and hops. So needless to say that, yeah, the agricultural business is booming and there's always farm work available. In fact, the 2020 census puts the Latino population here at over 50% of the valley's 250,000 people. And a lot of them are still working in the fields. A little over 20 years ago, Jose Martinez moved his wife and three young kids to Yakima from a pueblo called Jiquilpan, the state of Michoacán, Mexico. A few years later, two more were added on this side of the border, and since then, Yakima has provided the family both work and a home. Producer Shelby Hawkins and I arrived at the Martinez home in Yakima on a warm summer Saturday afternoon. When we got there, older brother and guitarist Armando was cutting little sister and lead vocalist Yaritza's hair. Armando told me that he started cutting hair for money back in high school before he got serious with music as a career. But little sister has to be looking clean all the time, you know? <laughs> Even if I don't get a haircut, <laughs> I gotta have her looking clean. A lot of orchards around like this area. The Martinez home sits on six acres of land, and after just a short time talking to the entire family, we learned that while their roots are in Michoacan, there is now a huge part of the family history that is planted in the land that surrounds their hilltop house. Older sister Adriana points toward a field where her parents and her uncle used to work during the harvest. Their parents have been farm workers for the past two decades, picking almost every crop that grows in Washington. We have cherry tree right here, a little shade tree, more cherry trees. Plum tree. Oh, yeah, some plums right there. Cherries, peaches, nectarines, pears, and the main crop, apples. That's the... 
Deadfield is where their older brother Armando learned to do some farm work, small things like picking apples when he was just a kid. Andaba trabajando ahí que pa como como por media hora y le dije pa no pa ya tengo hambre y me fui a comer todos los sándwiches que traemos. Armando remembers the one time when he was a kid working in the fields. He got so hungry he ate all of the sandwiches the family brought, basically everyone's lunch. Their dad, Jose, recalls taking Armando to work with him one winter and telling him if there ever isn't any work, there's always farm work. Listening to them talk, it's clear working in the fields is a point of pride for Armando. And I quickly understand how the band's work ethic and dedication to the family came from their parents. Armando told us a story about a moment in the band's early days when they needed to buy a sound system, but the $2,000 expense was a big deal back then. The band reinvested their gig money, and their dad invested the rest from his savings from work in the fields. And the rest of the family got by with a little less in the name of pushing the band forward. Even Yaritza's first steps as a songwriter were a bit of a family affair. She says she was reluctant to show her songs because they were about heartbreak, and she didn't want her overprotective older siblings to start asking, who hurt you? She explained that the deeply emotional lyrics in her song, Soy el Unico, were not from her life experiences at age 14. She got them from people on TikTok. The band's family life even influenced their choice to sing traditional music. In an era when other genres like reggaeton, bachata, or even highly produced pop are blaring from their friends' phones, they leaned into the music that their dad played at home. Yaritza explained to us that not everyone is going to understand the lyrics or the melody. It's about the vibe of the music. At 14 years old, she understood what all of the great Mexican cantantes did. Making music that matters for a community or a country means bypassing the brain and going straight for the soul. We think in English, but when you translate it to Spanish, it's so beautiful. Different feeling. Yeah, and I feel like in Spanish is where you get a deeper feeling of the words. The passionate lyrics of the music complemented their authenticity, forthcoming with emotion. It's that vulnerable energy, doing what comes naturally, channeling their families and their ancestry, and how they share heartbreak that got them to rise. Their rise coincided with the growth of the genre, with many bands and communities just like theirs connected across the border by the music's rich history. But that connection was soon tested in ways that were painful for the siblings in the band. In August of 2023, a video of an interview they did earlier that year resurfaced and caught attention on social media. They all had something to say about Mexico. Yaritza didn't like the cars. Casi no más como como chicken. Chicken. Ajá. 
Jairo prefers chicken wings. And Mando no me gusta mucho la comida aquí. likes the food in Washington better. Me gusta más de donde, donde, donde vivimos. Yaritza tried to walk it back. I'm not saying I hate Mexico, but I just don't like Mexico. <laughs> I don't feel like it's Mexico. I just feel like it's Mexico City. Mexicans everywhere had something to say about it. I don't like Mexico. Why would she say that? No te gustó la comida. You don't have to like the food. But to say it that way, that's the problem. Your main genre is Mexican music and your number one support system is the Mexican people. You have to be a little more cautious of the way you talk about Mexico. The members of the band were accused of disrespecting Mexican culture. No, they're named Yoritza and their essence now. And were met with anger at what some people saw as appropriation. She said, we're artists that make Spanish music that doesn't mean we speak it. The same online ecosystem where Yaritza first found a following that has enabled the explosion of this music in recent years was causing them hurt. How could you look and sound so paisa, but at the same time not be paisa? The animosity built and built with people sending hate messages and even death threats. It got to the point where they were the target of such vitriol that even the president of Mexico felt the need to weigh in and support them. Siempre tenemos que perdonar si alguien se equivoca, comete un error, pero además son niños, o sea, y hay una explicación, nacieron allá. It all hit Yaritza and her family hard. Era más de, de lo que él porque es, es mi hermano y no y pues Lo que más no quiero es que algo le pase o algo, ¿no? Y pues, era, era más como el, la preocupación por él. It almost felt like, within their momentary misstep, the veil broke and the border reemerged. Yaritza, Mando, and younger brother and bass player Jairo had grown up on this side. And no matter what music they played or who it touched, they would never be able to forget that. Before this moment, Yaritza and her siblings were part of this growing community of musicians and fans united by love for this music with roots in Mexico. But the response to the video pointed out something different. A tension that vibrates between the people for whom that music is the music of home. And the people who hear this music as a kind of link to an idea of home that is much more complicated. That's a familiar feeling for a group of kids whose parents brought them to the U.S. for a better life. Kids now being criticized for being Americans making Mexican music. Before all of this, we talked to them. That's coming up after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, one of the largest recipients of NIH funding. Dana-Farber scientists played a substantial role in developing more than half the cancer drugs approved by the FDA in the last five years, data through 2022. They've made one advanced cancer discovery after another for over 75 years. Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is changing lives everywhere. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute where hundreds of researchers and clinicians make new discoveries inspired by the work of previous Dana-Farber scientists. 
See why nothing is as effective against cancer as a relentless succession of breakthroughs. Learn more about their momentum. Go to DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. At All Latino, we'd actually had our eye on Yaritza y Su Esencia long before there was any controversy for all the same reasons the group's music had started to catch on with so many fans. And as it happened, the first time we sat down to interview them, it was in Washington, D.C. in July when the band came to NPR to play at the Tiny Desk. At the time, the band was still dealing with the aftermath of a very personal challenge, one they talked about very openly. And when you listen back to that interview, you hear another wrinkle in this story about displacement and belonging on both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border. The oldest brother, Armando, was born in Mexico and was living undocumented in Yakima Valley with his family. So last year, right as their popularity was exploding, he had to leave the United States. He stayed in Mexico City while he applied for an O-1 visa, which is a special visa for individuals with extraordinary ability in their field. It was his first time back since leaving Mexico as a baby. He was there alone, separated from his family for several months. His experience there as someone who grew up in the U.S. fueled the comment that got him in trouble a few months later. The band has always been gifted at wearing their hearts on their sleeves, being honest and upfront. Part of the joy of getting to know them was getting to experience this candidness. So during that conversation in DC, before the angry comments bubbled up, they spoke honestly about their feelings around the time they spent separated and how they felt about Mexico as a result of that experience. At the time, they were free from fear of any criticism or backlash for being open. Well, the whole Mexico experience, it was very different to me because, one, I came to the U.S. when I was about three years old. I mean, I consider myself Mexican-American, obviously, but también I have more of the, the U.S. type of vibe, you know? But I love being Mexican. Like, mm-hmm. Mexico, para mí, siempre va a ser algo que amo. Mm-hmm. Y... And I feel like some people don't get that. Like, unas personas dicen, no, son mexicanos, tienen que hablar español. Mm-hmm. Like, así a huevo. Like, no, it's not, it's not like that. I'm sorry, but, like, if you grew up how we grew up, it's two different lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Mexicans that grew up here in the U.S. is very different than Mexicans that grew up in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And even with the generations, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because, like, I'm, I'm a little older than you guys. Okay. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but like my generation, there's a lot of people who don't speak Spanish mm-hmm. at all, right? Oh, yeah. Because of 
what our parents went through, where they were punished for speaking Spanish and all that, like in the exactly. 30s and the 40s, mm -hmm. right? So my that's why I'm always amazed when I meet young people like from a dis just generation, because you guys already you already have a working uh, relationship with the language. You go yeah. back and forth all the time, I right? But for my generation, that's that's an that's an effort to try to do that, you know. So, yeah. but then, like you said, ni de aquí ni de allá, right? Exactly. It, like the first time I went to Mexico, uh, I I like wow, everybody looked like me. But not everybody accepted me, you exactly. know, because of the way I spoke or tried to speak Spanish. They kind of make fun of you, como dicen, oh, like, yeah. tienen el nopal en la frente y no, y no hablan español, lo que sea, pero, mm. like, ustedes no saben de, de qué, like, ustedes no saben las razones por eso. Yeah. I always say, I'm like, I've never felt less and more Mexican than mm -hmm. in Mexico. Because it's yeah. like, you're there and you're like, no, you're right. Like, I, I didn't grow up here. Like, mm -hmm. that's for you if you've born raised never left then like how is this person like who's coming from the u.s mexicano like you're you're american no exactly. like but then at the same time there's so much about it that feels so familiar in this way that you can't connect here so it's yeah. really you have to you have to actually be in it to like experience it like you yeah. have to you have to be in that situation that you're from over here and you go over there to actually experience what what people like that feel as the oldest son of an immigrant family and the leader of his sibling band, the figure they all look up to, Mando is no stranger to discomfort and adversity. But being away from his family, the land that holds the spirits that the siblings write from, hit him particularly hard. I could not stand. And that's why I was just in my room the whole the whole day. Yeah, like, all seriously? The time. I, Damn. But I feel like I would have more fun in my room than, than I am out. with them. Yeah. I would get stressed out when I would go out. <laughs> Eventually, he was able to return home and pick up where he and his parents left off, pursuing their dreams back in Yakima, which is where we caught up with them again in August after those now controversial comments had resurfaced. After we arrived, they showed us around that new house on the hill. You guys, how long have you guys lived here in this house? We've only lived here for like, it's barely going to be like a, mo a month. Thank God. We, se los cumplió el sueño, you know? Because it, it was a dream to buy my parents a house and, like, move them, move them to a different house because, like, the house we used to live at, it was, it was very, like, it was very small. Like, we could barely fit all of us, and it was, like, seven of us in a little house. And every time we would go to, like, my cousin's house or, like, one of our friends' house, and they would have, like, like an upstairs, we'd be like, damn, like, that's hella cool, you know? Like, you guys have a big house, and then... Okay, so uh, you, guys, you guys bought this house for your parents? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we, thank we, we God. We saw other houses that we liked, and we're like, damn, this is sick, but our parents were like, damn, we love this one because of, because of all the trees. And they, my, my dad, is, he, he loves working in the fields, so he's always out there pruning the trees and all that. But it's nice. It's peaceful. It's yeah. very peaceful. This is like our relaxing place. It seems like it's it's like there's a buffer yeah. between <laughs> the rest of the world and Yakima. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? This little plot of paradise gave them a little time and space to absorb the controversy and think about how they feel about the cultural conflict. And by the time we talked to them in Yakima, you could hear the difference in how they were feeling about their situation. It just made us feel like we weren't enough to be 
Americans when we're over here, but when we're over there, it, like we're not enough to be Mexicans, you know? Yeah. yeah. That that's that's how I felt. Like we're not we're not good enough to be from either or side. How does it sit now? You guys are just moving forward, putting it behind you. Yeah, we're we're just we're, moving forward if, because. If anything, I feel like it's it's more like a motivation, you know. Yeah. There's still people that love your music. There's still people that that text me and they're like, "Put your head up," you know. Like we don't want to we don't want to lose you guys. We know what we said, and it wasn't with any bad intentions to offend anybody, like not even our culture that we're proud of. And we didn't mean to disrespect anybody, so I feel like that's why our hearts are at peace as well. We didn't mean it in a, in a malicious way or nothing. Do you feel like there is something you learned from it? Definitely. It's more part of preparation and stuff like that, you know? But yeah, definitely. I was kind of like, bummed out about it for a little bit, but then, like I said, it's just the people that show supporters really were the ones that kept me up, you know? So I feel like I didn't really take it too hard like that because I know I know how I am. I know my parents come from Mexico. I know what we grew up having and what we didn't, you know? So it's like nobody can really change the way you grow up, you grew up, you know? So I feel like I like Mondo said, our heart is at peace because it wasn't in no bad intentions. About a month after we visited the family in Yakima, the band returned to Mexico for a performance in Mexico City at the first big festival to feature strictly regional bands. Yaritza Suacentia shared the stage with bands from across the genre. Legendary musicians like Ramon Ayala and newcomers like Corridos Tumbados pioneer Natanael Cano. They all performed in front of tens of thousands of fans. The siblings had been invited to perform long before the controversy erupted. They were both anxious and excited. Standing backstage with them after all the time we'd spent together, I could see they all had their own way of dealing with their nerves. Yaritza was pacing. How are you feeling? I'm very nervous right now. Mando was focused on his fingers and his stomach. Your stomach hurts? Nah, no, it, it, it's like, you know that when, when you're like, just stomach drops because you're like, kind of nervous? Yeah. And Haido was shadow boxing? What are you doing? Haido, <laughs> you fighting Casper? He's literally fighting right now. Then, older sister Adriana gathered them for a quick moment of prayer. The prayer in part says, May you help us fill the hearts of all the people who are here. May you fill their hearts with love of the music that my siblings are going to play, my God. She closes with, I ask you to please, may you give my parents peace of mind to know that their children are well and are going to return home safely. After older brothers slash band leader Armando offers a few more words of encouragement, the band finally hits the stage. 
From the stage, the roar made it feel like this Mexican crowd had nothing but love for them. But when you change perspective, the situation, like every situation in this story, proved to be more complicated. As I walked down below the fireworks display of the stage into the seemingly adoring crowd, my own read of the scene changed as I came across a group of screaming, angry fans stationed directly in front of Yaritza's solo spotlight. People were telling them they never should have come to Mexico to go back to where they came from. It felt like they were flipping the script on the racist language we often hear in the U.S. against people coming from Mexico. Despite the mixed reaction during the show, backstage after the performance, spirits are high. How are you feeling, Mando? Uh, I talked a little on the last song, you know, but shows were human. How do you feel about the crowd? No, it was good. That they were they were respectful, you know. Um, obviously, there was a couple of people that yeah. didn't want us there, but the majority showed respect. So, you know, we, we respect that and we got respect for Yeah. Now here we are, talking to each other two months after that concert, and it feels like this is going to be a part of the band's story forever. Belonging, but not quite. Authentic, but not quite. Let's take a step back for a moment and think this through. A lot of the anger online seemed to be centered on the idea that these American artists were using Mexican music to earn popularity and money from Mexican people. The idea that these same artists would then publicly degrade Mexican culture felt wrong, even exploitative. As we learned over the course of our time dealing with the siblings, that was not their intent. The anger still feels justified. But the Martinez's didn't create this anger, nor did the jeering fans expressing it at the music festival. And this anger that they feel is earned, The pain that the border causes and all of the music that exists on both sides, it feels as authentic to this music as the romantic parts of it. It's a reality of this music, of all of the people who play it on both sides of the border. And I couldn't help but think how many people on that side of the border are frustrated and confused by the exchange of this music, but also about how many people on this side of the border feel seen by what these siblings have gone through. Because for so much of my life, I too have felt like I don't have a right to my culture or to this music. And it almost felt like standing in that crowd that maybe they were yelling at me too. And I can't look at this experience that this band has gone through and not feel both sad and seen You know, Anna, something I heard back in Yakima speaks to the idea of the border being nothing more than an arbitrary line in the sand. Artists like Yaritza y Su Esencia, their music transcends borders. 
And like Adriana said just now, their music crosses the borders that their parents and other immigrant parents can't cross. We were talking about the passion in Yaritza's vocals and songwriting when their mom revealed a bit of family history that even the siblings didn't know, which in a way revealed an even deeper and more emotional connection to Mexico and Mexican music. Rosa said recently she heard from one of her tias that her mom, who she lost while she was still an infant, had a beautiful singing voice. They were told that their abuelita had a unique voice. And Ardiana suggested maybe that's where Yaritza got it from. Yaritza chimed in to remind them that their dad's father also sang. The music is in her blood, Adriana said. It's una bendición, you know, knowing that it's like they passed it to the family. It's been like this since the day Yaritza was born. It's her birthright. She was born with this voice she has to sing. Yaritza has to give herself credit because I, I watched her grow, like, ever since she was little, little. And every time that I would be playing the piano or whatever, she'd always go with me and she'd be like, oh, Mondo, let's, let's sing this song. I feel like she never gave up. And... She always loved to sing, and she never gave up on her dreams, so I feel like a lot of that has to do with her never stopping. Did you just love it? Like, why? why I just loved the feeling, like, when I would hit the notes, I would be like, when Mondo would hit the notes, too, I would be like, damn, like, how do you do that? You know? Like, it's, it's crazy to me. How he, he sings so good, like, I want to be like him. Yaritza would know best. Family is the greatest love story. Also because my heart is like, <laughs> I've always been with them. I grew up singing with them, and I wouldn't be more comfortable with anybody else than being on stage with my brothers. In the next episode of our series, Regional Goes Global, we travel to Sinaloa, Mexico, to explore yet another tension living within this explosion. The struggle over tradition. You've been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. This episode was edited by Joaquin Cutler with production help from Janice Mocha, Natalia Fiedelholtz, and Soraya Mohammed. The editor for the series is Jacob Gans. Grace Chung is our project manager. Hazel Sills is the podcast editor and digital editor for this series. Keith Jenkins is the VP of Music and Visuals for NPR. I'm Ana Maria Sayer. And I'm Felix Contreras. Thank you for listening. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. When you book through Capital One Travel using the Venture X Card, you earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights, and you earn unlimited 2x miles on all other purchases. Plus, receive a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.
Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.